0: All right well good afternoon Joe Good afternoon Mike all right so we are here uh, live at Oak Hill Country Club um, and welcome to the mortgage update with Mike and Joe um, Oscio we are just super pumped um, about this week that's about to to take place here in our own back backyard um, you know this is this is going to be the 105th PGA championship that's being held right here at Oak Hill and we are um, we couldn't be more excited uh, to be sitting here yeah, and a lot going on. Lot going on. Um, you guys might be able to hear some of the last minute construction that's still going on to, to get the event uh, and to get the location prepared. So, um, so again, uh, as we embark on this, I think one of the things that I just want to share, Joe, with our group is that this just reminds us that Rochester is a big golf town. yeah. Um, And one of the things that we actually found out and that we learned is that Oak Hill is the only American course to have hosted all of the major championships here, um, including the Ryder Cup that was held back here in 1995. I can actually, I was here for it. Were you? Awesome. I actually saw Freddie... Couples and Corey Pavin chip in. It was a a really, you know, cool event. So um, Oak Hill is looking great. It's looking grand, and uh, we're super excited about it. And we Um, are,
1: where where are we right now, Mike? I know you mentioned it when we got here.
0: We are um, right here on hole 13, um, the Hill of Fame hole. It is probably their signature hole, and probably one of the, if you do come out, you definitely got to you know take some time to get to this hole it is probably the you know the the best hole here i mean they're all great yeah but it's one that you really want to take the time to come out and see you'll see some great shots and you get some great views as well yeah it looks so, like it's a great setup back there yeah so so I joe mean, obviously you know this is going to have a big impact on but maybe you could kind of speak to the impact that the community can expect?
1: Yeah. So I mean, there was an article recently, um, Greater Russia Enterprise put out that this is going to have about a $200 million impact on the local economy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, you're talking about $110 million in just direct revenue. Yep. Um, another 41 in indirect, and then 37 million in in spending. Um, they say that 40% of the ticket holders are coming from out of town. They need hotel rooms. Over 6,000 hotel rooms have been booked. Um, and crazy enough. And now I understand why. Um, the event is creating 1,200 temporary full and part-time jobs here at Oak Hill, right? And you look around, there's, there's got to be just, just behind us that can count 20 people. Yeah, it's right? awesome. So it's, it's great. It's it's a, a great impact on, on the local economy, and it'll be a great week. We're, but, we're excited for it. So, yeah.
0: I uh, should have, I think, mentioned this at the top of our podcast. Uh, so Joe and I are wearing these GRB Bucket hats. Um, so we're actually modeling them on the behalf of GRB. We've got our logo on yep. here. You know, as you guys can see, the bank started in 1996. So just wanted to make sure that I got that out there as well. So Mike, Joe, I
1: think they may have been um, drunk when they made yours. Yeah, exactly. Yours says 9661. So
0: yeah, exactly. I've got yeah. This is the first one that they made. Maybe you're supposed
1: to be standing on your head. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I I feel that way.
0: Hey, so some. Other news obviously we always you know during these podcasts you know during the bills season we talk about the bills we make predictions and um, but uh, in news the the bills season just got released anything yeah. you, there Joe that you think schedule is schedule something- got
1: released it seems sounds like it's gonna be a lot of late nights um, six primetime games so night games Sunday night Thursday night Monday night games opening the season. Against Aaron Rodgers at the Jets on nine eleven down in uh, in New Jersey, not New York, Um, but uh, that'll be an interesting. That's going to be a big game.
0: That's going to be a big game.
1: Um, And uh, you know we got some you know our our rivalry games. Luckily we got the uh, the Dolphins coming to Orchard Park in October instead of us going there with the Heat, Um, and then uh, some late season games. It's it's it's, it's, that's a tough schedule.
0: It's 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 tough. So um, it'll be. well, you know what? Interesting I mean, how, we, how things I th- fare. I think that, you know, as a result of that, I mean, you like to think that there'll be battle-tested going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, we have, after this event ends, about a month later, we, we get to see the Bills come here for training camp, right? Exactly. Kicks off in usually late July at Fisher, so two months away, I guess. But, yeah. um, you know, and, and home opener against the Raiders. Yeah. You know, so it'll be a great uh, great atmosphere there. Absolutely. So. Exciting things coming.
0: All right. So listen. Let's uh, let's uh, say into mortgage. Um, so yeah, you know, again, this is. Uh, I think this is really, you know, cool news, and I think you know a great sign of of where things are, are going is uh, this is the first time that uh, that the four agencies that basically provide the governance for our industry are all being led by women. Um, and I think that that is, um, you know, something that I think is, you know, speaks to just the ongoing leadership that women provide. And I think it's something that I just wanted to to point out. Um, yeah,
1: that's, that's big. I mean, yeah. and, and it, like you said, it's, it's where we're we going as a, as a country and, you know, it, it, for the first time in history, right, that, that's um, that's impressive. So that's it is.
0: great. It is. So, Joe, let's talk about the local housing market obviously this year you know continues you know uh, to be um, you know obviously we talk about it on every podcast you know that the inventory is low um, you know and you know it has uh, increased a little bit um, since the last time we did this but but still at historically low levels so maybe you can kind of put some some data around that to to what we're seeing now
1: yeah so the buyer demand you know continues to outpace the inventory and we're Mm -hmm. seeing that over and over again when we look at the numbers um in in april um monroe county was going you know again on based on the the data that we collect as a as a lender um on our transactions that we process the average was almost 16 percent over list price Mm -hmm. was where contracts were getting accepted still seeing the buckets still seeing that the the hot pockets Mm -hmm. um and then you know looking down the um, throughway to our partners in onondaga county their numbers are interesting so they started the year eight percent over asking in january dipped into the fours and now are back at nine percent over asking in april so um, we continue to see that over ask i mean i'm continuing to spend a lot of times vetting out appraisals and right. trying to get ideas of where things are going to you know how high of an offer can a borrower write on a property mm-hmm. um, and take that time to, to help them write their strongest offer that they can um, and, you know, we're just seeing that, that same um, consistency. Until we see that increased inventory where it's the inventory starts to outpace the buyer demand, we're going to continue to be in this environment. Interestingly enough, when I look at the chart, this April, you know, when you look at this on a graph, is almost identical to last April. Mm-hmm. So if history repeats itself, which tends to do, um, you know, we are due come May Late May, mid June for a little dip mm-hmm. for the summer, um, and then you know come back up towards the, end of the, towards the end of summer. So we'll see, you know where things go. And you know all of the agents we're talking to are expecting a strong finish. We're hearing a lot of listing activity starting to to generate, and uh, you know we'll see where things go.
0: Yeah, I think you know, I mean last year at this time, I think because as the market you know continued to you know provide sellers with a great time to sell their house. Now as these transactions begin to close, you know your neighbor just sold their house for, for, for X you've been thinking about it now you've heard the news about they got how much for their house and I think that type of fomo if you will will kind of you know continue to go throughout the marketplace and our hope is that more and more people will list homes. We also are seeing Joe's you know I me, mean, Folks that are willing to list their house and they don't necessarily know where they're gonna go in terms of their, their next buy. So we, we do see people that are willing to, to list and then potentially, you know, rent and then see what takes takes place because who knows to your point where this market's gonna go.
1: Right. Yeah, and we're seeing more um, you know, short term housing I think people mm-hmm. are, are looking at how do we how do we create spaces where sellers can go after they sell their house for a month or two months. Test out living in the city for a little bit or, you know, in in Canandaigua by the lake for the summer. Who knows? But um, just trying to find different solutions for those things.
0: So, Joe, um, obviously there's been uh, a lot of news um, in our industry regarding feed changes and and whatnot. Um,
1: So we're going to do a little game here.
0: Okay, I'm ready for a game. You're ready for a game. All right,
1: I'm going to give you... Three news articles. Okay. Headlines, grabby headlines. Okay. I'm always. Uh, and there's two of them that are true, one of them that's a lie. And I, okay. I want you to pick out the lie. So, and I'm going to grab my notes here. So, first sure. headline is Rochester, New York was the country's hottest housing market in March for the second month in a row. Okay. Second one is good credit home buyers soon face penalties as bad credit receives benefits. Okay. and the third one is housing market tracker inventory finally rises
0: joe obviously i'm in the industry just like you so i'm going to say that the second one's a lie
1: that's correct so you know this this has been a very hot button item for a little while right these llpa changes that the fhfa has uh rolled out and those news articles saying you know um poor, poor credit gets you a lower mortgage rate. And, you know, we've heard from people, I'm going to stop paying my credit cards so that I can get a better rate on my mortgage. Right. That's not necessarily true. So there's, there's, um, a chart out there that they've been using with this, this grabby news article that shows, uh, the changes that are actually coming into play. And what they've done is they've actually, um, reduced some of the changes for somebody with lower credit and then maybe increased a little bit of the adjustments for somebody with um, stronger credit, but the baselines were different to mm-hmm. begin with, and then the final outcome is still different. So, when you look at somebody that's a 780 credit score that is putting uh, 20% down, if you look at just this this chart, that 780 is paying 0.125% of a fee higher mm-hmm. than they were before.
0: Not not in rate. Just not in, in rate, fee. just in fee. Yep.
1: Uh, But somebody who's less than a 640 is actually paying 0.375 lower than they were before. Mm -hmm. So they're not getting a lower adjustment. They're just paying a little less than they were previously. Now, if we look at what those actual adjustments are, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for a 780 plus credit score, the adjustment has gone from 0.25% to Mm -hmm. 0.375%. For that 640, that adjustment went from... three point one two five percent to two point eight seven five percent so still a lot higher than that 780 credit score Um, so you know if you're listening to the podcast don't stop paying your credit cards and ruin your credit so you can get a lower mortgage rate because it's not going to help you right um and you know so we are seeing that but that was one of those grabby headlines that without the proper clarification on there you know you'd think oh well then why why am i doing all this hard work to pay my bills on time right and so, Joe
0: really so what's taking place here there's been a couple of tweaks to some of these buckets if you will referring to the bucket hand, yeah, to these to these right. buckets um, but at the end of the day someone with a higher credit score is going to get more favorable terms than somebody with a lower
1: correct okay, okay. correct okay. yes so okay. things haven't changed right there okay. Okay. Um, so but one of the one of the positive news articles that came out this week was the um, FHFA originally with these changes that And by the way, these changes have been in effect in pricing already for a couple Mm -hmm. months. Because for us as a lender, it was based on our loan delivery date Mm -hmm. where these changes were going to take into place. So we really had to make changes to our rates two months ago in order to be able to deliver those loans after May 1st. Uh, One of the changes that they had originally announced with this was somebody with a higher debt-to-income ratio was going to be paying was going to have an adjustment that was a little bit higher if their debt to income ratio went over 45 Mm -hmm. percent a lot of lenders um, mortgage bankers associations everybody kind of lobbied the fhfa to stop these changes uh, because it was going to create a a poor customer experience and an operational nightmare of trying to capture any time that ratio changes throughout the loan process so um, the good news is that they rescinded that change so this week um, they announced that they were going to rescind that change and not move forward with it so one win for the good guys right, right, right. Yeah, ability to not have to deal with that so that that's great news
0: that's yeah. great news so so Joe, let's you know go back to the market um, and obviously you know every day we hear um, frustrations you know with four buyers uh, and then the realtors, the lenders that work for GRB, and you know, and what we've been doing, you and I have been doing a lot of is how do we try to set buyers up for success in this marketplace? And you know, obviously, what we've been trying to do, um, you know, with a lot of the workshops that we've we've been doing is we've been trying to share uh, pertinent, uh, real-time data on what's going on with each of the the zip codes and the markets that we work with in both Onondaga and Monroe um, County to educate and inform not only the realtors, but the buyers, the the, the, the sellers, on what is occurring in regards to properties, what they're being listed for, what they're being sold for, and what they're appraising for, so that people can really feel like, okay, at least I'm aware of what just took place the past 30 days. Can you maybe kind of share, Joe, you know, as we look, we move from kind of moving out of the spring into the early summer months, what can, you know, what can we be doing with our realtors to get those buyers prepared for success and then along those lines, just to reiterate, what is the difference between a pre-qualification, a pre-approval, cash plus, and, and how we do that here at GRB.
1: Yeah, so the, you know, education is, is so key right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how many buyers, anybody that, you know, wants to buy something, right? You go anywhere. You're always looking for a deal. You're looking for, can I get this on sale somewhere else? The internet has become our worst enemy, right? Because mm-hmm. anytime you go to buy something, you're like, well, oh, let me go check on Amazon to see if I can get it cheaper. Let me go check mm-hmm. over here. And um, this was not the market for that, no. clearly. You know, the data that we have. And and one of the things we've been hearing from a lot of agencies, you know, I'm telling my buyers this, we're telling our loan officers to also have that same conversation with the buyers. Hey, this is what the market is like. Mm -hmm. If you want to succeed, this is what you need to do. And just reiterating that message, hearing that same message from more than one person is so important. So really partnering with one another to have that same conversation with the buyer. So they're not out there trying to, you know, bid $10,000 under ask when we know it's gonna go 40 or 50,000 over. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- so that's a, that's important, the education piece and really having that customer as informed as possible. When you talk about pre-qualification versus pre-approval, so at GRB we recently rolled out a full underwritten pre-approval program. So a pre-qualification is, and we see this a lot with uh, some of the online lenders, right? Mm-hmm. I went in, I filled out my application online and they pre-qualified me for a purchase price of X. Well, when they did that pre-qualification, they may or may not have looked at your pay stubs. They may or may not have looked at your bank statements. And most times they run credit. Mm -hmm. So they've looked at your credit, but they haven't verified anything, right? So nobody's looked at that and said, let me calculate this income and see what it actually calculates out. Let me verify that there were no large deposits in your bank statements, et cetera. So there's no surprise at the end. So, with that pre qualification, you know, it could go as, uh, you know, a little, you could have an income calculation in there, or you could be going off what the borrower says. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have a, a, an asset review, you could be going off what the borrower said. Those are done by the loan officers typically. They're done sometimes on the fly, right? We gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta write an offer by five, and it's two in the afternoon, and I gotta get a pre qual letter out. The loan officers will do their due diligence, make sure the borrower qualifies, and move it on. Um, with the pre approval program, that's fully underwritten. So our pre-approval program, we are completely underwriting that file. That loan is being looked at by an underwriter. Mm -hmm. Um, The borrower is providing, basically going through the full mortgage process ahead of time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The the rule with pre-approvals is that you cannot have any conditions other than subject to finding a house and a satisfactory appraisal if you need one, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and when I say if you need one, that means that if the buyer is has some extra money and they're willing to guarantee the appraisal or cover if they're uh, if there's a shortage between right. what they bought the house for and what it appraises for um they can guarantee that appraisal and then that commitment letter is you know only subject to uh, them finding the house at that point those are fully underwritten there's no surprises there's no gotchas the underwriter has calculated the income they've reviewed the assets they've looked for any surprises um, and we are doing that across the board for all our borrowers um, you know, they have to put uh, their their uh, their EM their down payment has to go down as an earnest money deposit. Sure. That's the requirement, uh, which is money they're going to put up forward anyway. Right. And then you have our cash plus program, which is the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. We've fully underwritten it. Um, the borrower in this instance has agreed to put 10% down mm-hmm. and 10% as their earnest money deposit. Right. So with the pre-approval, they could put 5% down and put that as their earnest money deposit. It actually still gets the same full underwriting scrutiny that mm-hmm. the cash plus program gets. Uh, but it allows us to eliminate the financing contingency for those borrowers that are willing to guarantee the appraisal.
0: Um, and, and Joel, let's just just, just on that topic, yep. just so everybody knows, because there's been a lot of chatter about this. When someone when in the contract it states that the um, buyer is willing to quote unquote guarantee the appraisal, can you give an example of kind of what that means?
1: Yep. So. In this market, because of where the homes are being listed, let's say a home is listed for two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and I want to write on that house knowing that they're going thirty over over ask at two sixty. Mm-hmm. So I write my offer at two sixty, and I say in my contract, "Listen, if the home does not appraise,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, the buyer, am willing to pay the difference in the appraisal." Mm-hmm. So let's say that home appraises for two fifty. The buyer's responsible for that $10,000 appraisal gap. Mm-hmm. And they've they've said in their contract they're willing to do that. Now, there's some things that we can do. So we sometimes will reach out to appraisers mm-hmm. and we'll say, hey, I got a buyer that wants to write on this house at X. Mm-hmm. Where do we think this house would appraise? And they'll mm-hmm. get back to us. And that helps us to prepare the buyer for how much of a gap do they need to cover because
0: the because the appraiser is going to have a sense of what comps they're going to use right they,
1: they do some research on the market what are the comparables that are out there mm-hmm. um and then we look at that and say okay we think that you know they come back and say we think this would appraise at x so and, and then based on that we can advise our buyer hey just so you know this is where we think this house will appraise it could appraise higher it could appraise lower it depends on who the ultimate appraiser gets assigned on that on that mm-hmm. order we can't control that right we have no control over that um, because it goes through our management company and they at random assign it out to an appraiser um, but with that research and that due diligence we know what comps are out there and we know what type of value we can support so the buyers better prepared at that point right and there's instances where we do our, our comparable check and they say you know what yeah 260 is reasonable there's these comps out there and that support that value or they may come back and say well it looks like it probably appraised more like 240 mm-hmm. here's the comps here's why and then we can better prepare the borrower and understand, do they have the additional funds to cover that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times if they do, we're able to show those proof of funds in, right. in the offer to show they have the, the ability to cover that that, that gap yeah. uh, should there be.
0: Well, Joe, we're coming to the conclusion yeah. of our pockets here. I just got a text from my good friend, John Rahm, who wants to have lunch with me because I'm here at Oak Hill today. So I don't want him to have to wait you know, for me, and then we might go out and play a few holes. Uh, me and John go way back. so um, You may get tackled. But I'd, I'd like to ta- see that. We yeah. should probably keep recording. Okay. In case yeah, that happens. so, but we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, today, Joe, thanks, as always, for just a, 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 a lot of great intel. Uh, we're super excited about what this next week uh, brings, and uh, until next month, we bid you guys adieu. Thanks. Thank you.